Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'amaduhu wa nasalli ala Rasulihi al-Kareem. Amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet. Peace be upon him. So, continuing Rumi's discourses, it looks as though we are on page 11 of the book, which is page 12, and then in parentheses 39 out of 287 of the PDF, starting with the human being is an astrolabe of God. Okay, go ahead. The human being is an astrolabe of God, but one needs an astronomer to know how to use the astrolabe. Okay, do you know what an astrolabe is? It's that thing to measure the stars. Yeah, it's like to measure stars and figure out directions and all those things. And so the human being is an astrolabe of God. So read this a couple ways. That, number one, because of our fitrah, our natural design is to have a consciousness of Allah. Our natural design is to have a need for Allah. So your soul, so to speak, is always pointing to Allah. Your heart is seeking to get closer to Allah. And so that is our natural design. But what happens is as you're going through life, based on the influences around you, which includes your own choices, society with its ideals, the behavior and of the people in your inner circle, uh, this can uh, lead your heart to start seeking things to compensate for its need for Allah. And so this is where people get into bad destructive habits and such. But your default is that your heart is pointing towards Allah. Your default is that your mind and body are all pointing towards Allah. Good. <clears throat> but one needs an astronomer to know how to use the astrolabe. So, so the point being, how do I get repaired um, if I've turned away from Allah? Um, that it's I can try to do it on my own, but it's better that I have the equivalent of an astronomer, we might call it a doctor of the heart, to guide me to turn Back to Allah Ta'ala. Okay, continue. If a seller of leeks or a greengrocer were to possess an astrolabe, what use would he make of it? Mm -hmm. How could he fathom the conditions of the celestial spheres, the turning of the zodiacal signs, or of their influences? In the hands of an astronomer, the astrolabe is beneficial, for whoso knoweth him or herself knoweth his her lord. Okay, so the last sentence has some, some big points. So first, the, the parts before this last sentence make sense, all right? What is a grocer going to benefit with an astrolabe? Meaning, uh, a way to think about this is when, uh, were you there when the sister took the Hershada last week? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. but you know about it, right? Yeah. 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 And, and so what often happens, I don't think this happened last week, but uh, what often happens when someone becomes Muslim is everybody around them starts giving them advice. Mm -hmm. And it's all well-intentioned, mm -hmm. and almost all of it is destructive mm -hmm. because the care and nurturing of a convert is its own skill. Mm -hmm. And it is literally just like, um, you know, if you have a heart problem, you're not going to go to a mechanic. Mm -hmm. You're not even going to go to a nephrologist. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to a cardiologist. And so even converts are often not qualified to to nurture converts mm -hmm. because it's like saying you had uh, heart surgery, therefore you can be a cardiologist, mm -hmm. right? And so, so you want to, for the treatment and purification of your heart, you want to go to someone who knows what they're doing. Okay. And then this last sentence, in the hands of an astronomer, the astrolabe is beneficial, which means what? That in the other cases, uh, not only is it not beneficial, it can be detrimental 
And for who knows him or herself knows his Lord. So this is a common teaching, especially in Ghazali's writings, that <clears throat> the obstacle between me getting to know Allah, almost 100% of the time, the obstacle to that is actually me. And what that really means is that uh, the more distant I become from the person I am, the less I'm going to know myself, which means by definition, the less I'm going to be able to perceive Allah properly. So the key in this thing that we're calling purification is for me to get to know who I am better and better, which will by default make it easier for me to see reality. I can continue. Just as this brass astrolabe is a mirror of the heavens, the human being, and we have honored the children of Adam, is an astrolabe of God. When God makes a person to know himself through the astrolabe of that person's own being, he can witness the manifestation of God in his unqualified beauty moment by moment and glimmer by glimmer. Okay, so <clears throat> this is also language that's very frequent in Sufi literature, that uh, your heart is a mirror. And, or the use of mirrors. So another way to think about a mirror, which we're probably going to see maybe in the next, or the, the one after that, to the next discourse or the one after that, mm -hmm. is if you see a flaw in someone else, mm -hmm. especially if you see a flaw in another Muslim, mm -hmm. that's actually in you. Because we're all mirrors of each other. Mm -hmm. And the, the language in modern psychology would be projection. So you might have heard from me that when you're looking at the Ummah, mm -hmm. Whatever you perceive of the Ummah is going to be there because the Ummah is so big it has everything, every type of person. Which means what? What you see in the Ummah is actually reflecting what is going on inside of you. So if you see the Ummah as a bunch of corrupt, lazy people, that's a statement more about you than it is about the Ummah. If you see the Ummah as people who are wholesome and upright, that's more a statement about you than it is about the Ummah because we have everything. And so everything is a mirror of everything else, but ultimately creation is a mirror of Allah Ta'ala. Your heart is a mirror of Allah Ta'ala. And so, and this ayah that he quotes, <coughs> uh, what's the translation, or what is the Arabic text? Uh, can you figure it out? Wakaramna. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was basically that easy, literally. So, <laughs> so, so, where do we see us becoming the mirrors of Allah? the honor that Allah Ta'ala has given us. Mm -hmm. And so a way to think about this is that Allah is the source of all creation, which means he's determining what has more value, what has less value. And he has determined that humans have the highest value of all creation. And among humans, the prophets have the highest value of, of all creation. And among the prophets, those five or so prophets have the highest value. Muhammad, Musa, Isa, Dawood, Nuh, they have the highest value of all of of, uh, of creation. And so the fact of my dignity is a sign of the of, of my connection to Allah. Okay. That beauty is never absent from this mirror. God has servants who cover themselves with wisdom, mystical knowledge, and miracles, even though people do not have the capacity to see them. They cover themselves out of their extraordinary zeal, as Mutanabi says. They put on brocades not to beautify themselves, but that they may protect thereby their beauty. This is really, really uh, a wonderful point that is also easy to misuse. So, mm -hmm. so the people of piety are also hiding their beauty. Okay. Yeah. The people of piety 
um, want you not to evaluate them for their piety. And so they are going to dress in whatever particular way to hide their beauty. And so what is the real beauty? The real beauty is the connection with Olatala. It's the nur that is coming from them. And so more often than not, they will be hiding all those things. Why would someone hide it? Um, or, easier question, why do people hide beauty? To protect it from other people seeing it. Yeah, and why don't they want other people to see it? Because other people get jealous. Yeah. And so it's to protect from envy. Okay. So a way to think about this is, let's say you are this person of piety. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you're not. Um, and you are hiding the beauty of your piety so that someone else's heart doesn't turn jealous. So you're actually doing it as a favor to someone else. Okay. And so think about that. In contrast, a lot of times people will hide their wealth because they don't want to get the evil eye. Mm -hmm. These people are hiding their, their, their beauty so you don't get sins. Okay. And so their consciousness is even for your well-being. Okay. So when God makes a person to know himself through the astrolabe of that person's own being, he can witness the manifestation of God and his unqualified beauty moment by moment and glimmer by glimmer. And so what is the overall goal? Estazkia, mm -hmm. to remove all of the excess stuff in my being. And when I can do that, I can truly appreciate Alatala. Mm -hmm. The beauty is always there, it's just that I may not be able to see it. Okay, okay continue. Discourse number three. Okay. The Parvana sent a message in which he said, Night and day my heart and soul have been at your service but I have not been able to attend you because of my preoccupation with Mongol affairs. Okay. So this is sort of like what we t the, the leader that we talked about at the end of the first discourse, okay. you know, who is dedicating himself to saving Islam, but he's relying too much on his own skills. Mm -hmm. And now we have a different dimension. He's saying, my soul is at your service, but I haven't been able to, to serve because I have, you know, the Mongol onslaught. So this is the 1200s. Yeah. And the Mongols are coming in through Afghanistan, modern-day Afghanistan, mm -hmm. into Iran, all the way to Baghdad. Okay. Right, Rumi is originally from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Okay, continue. The master responded, These are also works of God, in, inasmuch as they have to do with the safety and security of Islamdom. You have sacrificed your all, both materially and physically, to give a few Muslims the inner tranquility to occupy themselves with acts of devotion and security. Okay, so at the end of the last section, we talked about people who are hiding their beauty mm -hmm. to prevent other people from falling into sin, okay? I mean, even though it's their responsibility, but this is the favor someone's doing, and the person who is being protected doesn't even know. So this is taking protection at a further level, that this person is sacrificing their time mm -hmm. so that Muslims can be can be able to make their prayers so that Muslims can live in security. And so by definition, we're not going to call it ibadah, but we will call it service to Allah Ta'ala. Okay. So among the, the types of acts that really get barakah, one of course would be acts of worship. But regarding other people, will be if you're trying to bring people together, mm -hmm. especially if they were fighting, mm -hmm. but if you're trying to bring people together, that is a tremendous source of barakah. Mm -hmm. Uh, or that is the type of work that will find a lot of barakah in it. Okay. Another is if 
you are giving of yourself to make someone else's life easier. That's also a tremendous source of barakah. Again, I mean, the assumption here is not you're not doing anything haram and such. And so here, this person is giving of himself not only to make their lives easier, not only to give them security, but so they can fulfill their prayers. So what's going to happen? This guy is going to get rewarded for all of their prayers. They're getting rewarded for their prayers, but this guy's also getting rewarded for all of their prayers. Okay, continue. Therefore, this too is a good work. Inasmuch as God has inclined you to such good works, your excessive zeal is a sign of his favor. Okay, another wonderful point. <clears throat> your motivation mm-hmm. to serve Allah Ta'ala, as well as your motivation to make it easier for other people to serve Allah Ta'ala, mm-hmm. corresponds to how much favor he's giving you. And, and so what you'll find, and we might have talked about this last week or it might have been with a different person. Um, like when you hang out with a scholar, mm-hmm. like a real scholar, it's hard to keep up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was a case like some people would go on Umrah or uh, with Dr. Omar or Hajj Dr. Omar, and he's, he's moving at 100 miles an hour. No one can keep up with him, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he's twice their age, yeah. three times their age. Mashallah. And you see this often with scholars, and part of what is fueling the scholar is this desire to facilitate everyone else's deen. And so that, you know, when I'm saying these things have barakah, um, part of what I'm saying is fruits come from them, but part of also what I'm saying is you have energy to do more of it when it's happening. And so even think about this, this might be too complex for your work as service chair. at one level, it's fantastic to feed somebody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even better, it's to give someone a home. Mm-hmm. Even better is to help them have a way where they can feed themselves mm-hmm. and give themselves a home. Mm-hmm. Even better is to do all that and to make it so that they can fulfill their ibadah obligations. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, then you will see super barakah, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in the work, inshallah. But it takes effort to, mm-hmm. to get it to, to that level. And and so yeah, so your desire to facilitate other people's ibadah, mm-hmm. the amount you have that is a direct correlation, inshallah, of how much Allah Ta'ala is favoring you. Mm-hmm. And so now we're gonna talk about the other side. Continue. Conversely, when there is a slacking off in this inclination, it is a sign of disfavor. Okay, so right there. So if you don't feel the motivation to to uh, to help facilitate other people's ibadah, mm-hmm. that's a sign of losing his favor, okay. which is very scary. Mm-hmm. So how does that happen? You just start getting too tired and burnt out and all that. Now everyone has to take time off for self-care, right? The prophet is taking care mm-hmm. of his sleep, he's taking care of his food, even though he has very little food. And so that we have to do. Uh, those things can also accelerate uh, burnout, but it's not the same type mm-hmm. of burnout. And so here, we're saying, yeah, if you start pulling away from all those things, that's a problem. Okay, continue. God would not wish such a critical good work to be executed by means of a person unless that person is worthy of reward and exalted station. Okay. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. That the person who should be doing that should be someone of very high spiritual standing Mm -hmm. with Allah. Okay, continue. It is like a warm bathhouse, the heat of which comes from a stove. God provides the means for heating, like straw, kindling, dung, and so forth. 
In external form, these things may appear mean and ugly, but they are nonetheless divine favors with regard to their purpose. When the bath is heated by these things, people benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So what are we saying here? 